So I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to go to God on that and see how he wants me to, you know, how he wants to work through me with her. But I, I, I certainly feel a connection for her and I'm not giving up on her. I'm going to go back and try to catch her again and share some stuff with her. That is awesome. Yeah. We'll be praying for that too. Cause Oh, it's that that's so cool that you're so you said you met her at the deli. She works at the deli. Yeah, almost everywhere I go, like if I can see someone's spirit, if it's like super bright or if I just look in their eyes, I always ask everyone like, hey, how's your relationship with God? You know, you're loved, you know, he wants to hear from you, talk to him just like you're his friend or he's your friend sitting right next to you. And most of my my like the people who I used to hang out with, they don't even go anywhere with me anymore. Like a lot of people it really bothers. And I'd have a conversation with my brother about it. And now he's doing that, too, which is amazing because he hated that I did that. Um, mm-hmm. But now he goes out and does the same thing. It's it's pretty awesome because when you, we, you know, get before the most high and, you know, we bow our face before him after we leave this, you know, time space dimensionality. I don't want to have to account for a bunch of wasted time chasing, you know, vain, vain things as Zen talks about, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. Praise God. Like, it's funny because when we were on our um, mission trip and we were traveling and, and Justin is like a true like warrior, he will, he will go up to anybody. Like, it doesn't matter what the situation is and he'll just share the gospel like very boldly. And, you know, and I'm the type of person where I feel so nervous that I'm like, oh, well, I really want, I really want um, the conversation to like naturally like happen to come on like, you know, religion, Christ and, you know, all these different things like naturally. And Justin's like, it will naturally happen when you bring it up. <laughs> when you, like you, you can be the, you know, the person that brings it up. And, and so that boldness, it's, oh, I really, I really admire it. And I pray for that kind of boldness truly because, man, seeing Justin like, oh, gives me like chills and I feel all nervous. Like, oh my goodness, is anybody, and all, and that kind of like uncertainty, it's so, it's so, uh, I, I'm like ashamed of that. <laughs> I'm ashamed of my own uncertainty and fear, you know, but it's, yeah, but when I see people, that I think that that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and ask, I will keep ask uh, just ask the Holy Spirit. Ask ask Father. Ask ask Yeshua to you know bless you with that. After you, everyone is scared to do that the first mm-hmm. few times, but we don't live in fear anymore. So mm-hmm. we we commence at once to have confidence and to put aside our fear. And you know the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us has gifts that you know, you'll be able to do something that nobody else in this chat could ever touch or could ever do. And it's the same for every individual. And just knowing what our gifts are and and then executing and using them and having that discernment, that all comes from God. So I would just suggest you go to God with that and see how you can be of use. And obviously you are very much being of use in your work for Endeavor Freedom. Yes. Thank you. She's just being modest. No. She has a very good way of uh. connecting with people and making lasting friends. And her lifestyle is a testimony in itself. Uh. How's it going, Justin? How are you doing? It's good to hear from everybody. Uh, thank you all for joining us for our 19th week of the Aramaic Targum study. Uh, it has been quite an awesome road. And today we're going to be moving into chapters 31. And 32, unfortunately, Endeavor Freedom is not 
uh, with us yet. Prayerfully, he's doing okay, driving back through all the rain, and maybe he'll get on while we're in the middle of our reading. But it is 7.14, and I think we should go ahead and uh, get started with the reading. And we always go from the top of the list, and we work our way down. If you would like to not be part of the reading, please just let us know in the chat so we know to skip over you. We will start today with Finally Free. I read one paragraph, and then it'll move to Holly, and then we'll pass down. Uh, Jeff, if you would like to read, just let us know. And if not, uh, we'll be skipping to Jen. If everything is not okay at your home again, Jen, with all of the uh, awesome sounds of children, <laughs> then you could read or we can just pass to Joy. And then I'll read and we'll just go like that. Uh, before we start, I just want to pray, Father, that... You would be with us as we study your word and as we study this testimony that you've sealed of the patriarchs and of the histories of the world and of the chosen bloodline that you had, Father, that you worked through and that you uh, came through. Now we thank you so much for their witness and for the scribes who wrote these things that we could uh, read them now and just take away. Uh, deeper faith and more understanding of the things that we've been called and chosen to do. We just thank you so much for the scriptures and thank you so much for each and every person that's here that we could study and grow together, Father. And we just pray that your spirit will be amongst us and with us and everywhere that we go. And we praise you in the name of the Messiah, Yahushua. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, finally free, if you would like to go ahead and start at chapter 31. I posted it in the chat at 7.06 p.m. Is uh, is that first paragraph going to break at uh, he said, comma, or you want me to end at uh, evil period? I actually would go from if now he said the street shall be thy wages. It just doesn't allow me to post. Uh, that much text in one one entry, so I had to break it up. So do, all the way do down the to paragraph. Okay, very good. Thank you. Here we go. Uh, chapter 31. <clears throat> but he heard the words of the sons of Laban, saying, Jacob hath taken all that was our father's, and from that which was our father's, he hath made himself all the glory of these riches. And Jacob observed the looks of Laban, and behold, they were not peaceful toward him as yesterday and as before it. And the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of thy fathers and to thy native place, and my word shall be for thy help. And Jacob sent Naphtali, who was a swift messenger, and he called Rahel and Leah, and they came into the field unto his flock. And he said to them, I consider the looks of your father, and behold, they are not peaceful with me as yesterday and as before it. But the God of my father hath been to my aid. And you know that with all my strength, I have served your father. For your father hath deceived me and hath changed. Jerusalem hath commuted my wages ten portions. Yet the Lord hath not given him power to do me evil. If now he said, the streaked shall be thy wages and the sheep bear streaked. And if now he said, the spotted, the spotted footed shall be thy wages. And all the sheep bear those which were spotted in their feet. 
and the Lord hath taken away the flock of your father and hath given it to me, Jerusalem, and the word of the Lord hath taken away. And it was at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream and behold, the goats which rose upon the flock were spotted in their feet or streaked or white in their backs. And the angel of the Lord said to me in a dream, Jacob, and I said, Behold me, Jerusalem. Jacob answered in the holy tongue and said, Behold me. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see. All the goats that rise up, rise upon the flocks are spotted in their feet, or streaked, or white in their backs, because all the injury that Laban hath done thee is manifest before me. I am Eloah, who did reveal myself to thee at Bethel, where thou didst appoint the pillar and swear the oath before me. Arise now, go forth from this land and return to the land of my birth. And Rahel answered with the consent of Leah and said to him, Can there now be yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered by him as strangers? For he has sold us, and eating he hath eaten our money. Therefore all the wealth that the Lord hath taken from our father is ours and our children's. And now all that the Lord hath said to thee do. Jerusalem, are we not considered strangers to him? For he hath sold us, and behold, he is not willing to give us our dowry. And Jacob arose and set his children and his wives upon camels, and he led all his herds and his substance, which he had obtained in pardon Aram, to go unto Isaac his father in the land of Kenan, Jerusalem his treasure. And Laban had gone to shear his flock, and Rahel stole the images. For they had slain a man, a firstborn, and had cut off his head. They salted it with salt and balsams, and wrote incantations on a plate of gold, and put it under his tongue, and set it up in the wall. And it spake with them, and into such their father bowed himself. And Jacob stole the knowledge of Laban the Aramite, in that he did not show him when he went. And he went, he with all he had, and he arose and crossed the Ferrat and set his face to ascend towards the mountain of Gilead, because he saw by the Holy Spirit that from thence would be deliverance for his sons in the days of Jephthah, and who was of Gilead. But after Jacob had gone, the shepherds went to the well, but found no water, and they waited three days, if that it might again overflow, but it overflowed not. And then they came to Laban on the third day, and he knew that Jacob had fled, because through his righteousness it had flowed twenty years, Jerusalem. And it was, when the shepherds were gathered together, they sought to water the flock, but they were not able. And they waited two and three days, if that the well might overflow, but it overflowed not. And then came they to Laban, and the third day, because Jacob had fled. And he took his kinsmen with him and pursued after him, going seven days and overtook him, while sojourning in Mount Gilead, offering praise and praying before his God. And there came an angel with the word from before the Lord. And he drew the sword against Laban, and deceitful in a dream of the night, and said to him, the deceitful in a dream of the night, pardon me, and said to him, Beware lest thou speak with Jacob from good to evil. And Laban came upon Jacob, and Jacob had spread his tent in the mountain. 
And Laban made his brethren abide in the Mount of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done? Thou hast stolen my knowledge and led away my daughters like captives of the sword. Why didst thou hide from me that thou wouldst go and steal my knowledge and not tell me? For if thou hadst told me, I would have sent thee away with mirth and with hymns and with tambourines and with harps. Neither hast thou suffered me to kiss the sons of my daughters nor my daughters. Now hast thou been foolish in what thou hast done. There is sufficiency in my hand to do evil with thee. Jerusalem, there are strength and ability. But the God of thy father spake with me in the evening, saying, Be careful of speaking with Jacob from good to evil. Now going thou wilt go, because desiring thou hast desired the house of thy father. But why hast thou stolen the images of my idols? And Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I feared and said, Lest thou violently take away thy daughters from me, with whomsoever thou shalt find the images of thy idols, let him die before his time, before all our brethren take knowledge of what with me is thine, and take it. But Jacob knew not that Rahel had stolen them. And Laban went into the tent of Jacob, and into the tent of Leah, and into the tent of two concubines, but found not. And he went out from the tent of Leah and entered the tent of Rahel. But Rahel had taken the images and laid them in the panniers of the camels and sat upon them. And he searched all the tent, but found not. And she said, Let it not be displeasing in my Lord's eyes that I am not able to arise before thee, because I have the way of women. And he searched, but found not the images. And the anger of Jacob took fire, and he contended with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my sin, and what is my transgression, that thou hast so eagerly come after me? Having therefore searched all my vessels, what hast thou found of all the vessels of thy house? Lay now the matter before my brethren and thy brethren, and let them decide the truth between us two. These twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy goats have not failed, and the price of the rams of the flock I have not eaten. That torn by wild beasts I have not brought to thee. For had I sinned from my hand, thou wouldest have required it. What was stolen in the day by men, that have I made good. And what was stolen in the night by wild beasts was made good also. Jerusalem. The dead I have not brought to thee, every one which had fled from the, from the number, I have made that good. Of my hands thou hast required it. And what thieves stole by day, or wild beasts devoured by night, I have made good. I have been in the field, by day the heat hath devoured me, and the cold by night, and sleep hath been parted from me. These twenty years have I been in thy house, serving thee. Fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy sheep. And thou hast changed my wages ten parts. Unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and he whom Isaac feared, had been in my help, even now hadst thou sent me away empty. But my affliction and the travail of my hands are manifest before the Lord, and therefore he admonishes thee in the evening. And Laban answered and said to Jacob, The children whom thou hast received of thy wives are my children, and the children whom 
they may bear will be reputed as mine. And the sheep are my sheep, and all that thou seest is mine. And for my daughters, what can I do this day? And for the soils which they have borne. Souls, pardon me. And you know, no soils. And for the soil. <clears throat> and now come, let us strike a covenant. I and thou, and it shall be for a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone and set it up for a pillar. And Jacob said to his sons, whom he called his brethren, collect stones. And they collected stones and made a mound. And they ate upon the mound. And Laban called it Ogar, Sahid. But Jacob called it in the holy tongue, Galad. And the observatory also it was called because he said, the Lord shall observe between me and thee when we are hidden each man from his neighbor. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, doing them injury, and if thou take upon my daughters, there is no man to judge us. The word of the Lord seeing is the witness between me and thee when we are hidden when we are hidden each man from his neighbor. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, doing them injury, and if thou take upon my daughters, there is no oh pardon me, between me and thee. And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this mound, and behold the pillar which thou hast reared between me and thee. The mound is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I may not pass beyond this mound to thee, and that thou mayest not pass beyond this mound and this pillar to do harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nacor shall be judged between us, the God of their fathers. But Jacob swore by the God whom his father Isaac feared. And Jacob slew sacrifices in the mount and invited his kinsmen who came with Laban to help themselves to bread or strengthen themselves with bread. And they helped themselves to bread and lodged in the mount. And Laban arose in the morning and kissed the sons of Jacob and his daughters and blessed them. And Laban went and returned to his place. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of the Lord met him. And Jacob said when he saw them, These are not the host of Esau who are coming to meet me, nor the host of Laban who have returned from pursuing me, but they are the host of the holy angels who are sent from before the Lord. Therefore the name of that place he called in the language of the sanctuary, Machanaanim, Jerusalem. And Jacob, when he beheld them, said, Perhaps they are a host from Laban, the brother of my mother, coming to set against me the array of battle to slay me. Or rather, they are a host of holy angels from before the Lord, who are come to save me from their hands. And he called the name of that place Mechanian. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother in the land of Gabla, the territory of the Edomites, and instructed them to say, Thus shall you speak to my lord Esau, thus saith thy servant Jacob, with Laban have I dwelt, and have tar tarried until now. And of all that in which my father blessed uh, me, there is nothing in my hand. But I have a few oxen and asses, sheep and servants and handmaids. And I have sent to tell my lord that the, that that blessing hath not profited me, that I may find mercy in thine eyes, and thou mayest not maintain enmity against me on account thereof. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother to Esau, and he also cometh to meet thee, and four hundred chief warriors with him, Jerusalem, and four hundred men warlike leaders with him. And Jacob was greatly afraid, because 
For 20 years, he had not been mindful of the glory of his father, and he had anxiety, and he divided the people who were with him, the sheep and oxen and camels, into three troops for a portion to Leah and a portion to Rahel. And he said, If Esau come to the one troop of them and smite it, the remaining troop may escape. And Jacob said, God of my father Abraham, thou, the God of my father Isaac, the Lord who says to me, Return to thy country and to thy kindred, and I will do thee good. I am altogether less than any of the acts of goodness which, and truth which thou hast exercised toward thy servant. For with my staff alone I passed this Jardina, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my older brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, for he hath been mindful of the glory of his father lest he come and smite the mother with the children. But thou hast promised, I will surely do thee, and will make thy sons many as the sand of the sea be numbered, for that cannot be numbered for multitude. And he abode there that night, and he took what was ready at his hand, a present for Esau his brother, she goats two hundred, and he goats twenty, Ewes, 200, and rams, 20. Milk camels with their young ones, 30. Cows, 40, and bulls, 10. Small colts, 10. Jerusalem, arid small colts, colts, 10. And he made them ready by the hand of his servants in flocks apart, and said to his servants, Pass over before me, and put much room between flock and flock. And he instructed the first, saying, When Esau, my brother, shall meet thee, and ask of thee, saying, Whose art thou, and whither art thou journeying, and whose are these before thee? Thou halt, and sayest, It is a gift of thy servant Jacob, which he sends to my lord Esau. And behold, he also cometh after us. And so he instructed the second, and the third, and all them who followed the flock, saying according to these words, You must speak with Esau when you find him, and say, And behold, thy servant Jacob also cometh after us. For he said, I will make his countenance friendly by the gift which goeth before me, and afterward will see his face. Peradventure he may accept me. And the present passed over before him, and he abode that night in the camp, and the night in the camp. And he arose in the night, and took his two wives, and his two concubines, and eleven children, and went over the ford Jubeka. And taking them, he made them pass over the torrent. And all that he had went over. And Jacob remained alone beyond the Jubeka. And an angel contended with him in the likeness of a man. And he said, Hast thou not promised to give the tenth of all that is thine? And behold, thou hast ten sons and one daughter. Nevertheless, thou hast not tithed them. Immediately he set apart the four firstborn of the four mothers. And there remained eight. And he began to number from Shimeon, and Levi came up for the tenth. Michael answered and said, Lord of the word is thy lot. And on account of these things, he, Michael, remained from God at the torrent till the column of the morning was ascending. And he saw that he had not power to hurt him, and he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was distorted in his contending with him. And he said, Let me go, for the column of the morning ascendeth, and the hour cometh when the angels are 
I offer praise to the Lord of the world, and I am one of the angels of praise, but from the day that the world was created, my time to praise hath not come until now. And he said, I will not let thee go until thou bless me. Jerusalem and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was displaced and contending with him. And he said, Send me away, for the column of the dawn ariseth, and behold, the hour cometh for the angels to praise. And he said, I will not release thee until thou bless me. He said, What is thy name? He answered, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be no more Jacob, but Israel, because thou art magnified with the angels of the Lord and with the mighty, and thou hast prevailed with them. And Jacob asked and said, Show me now thy name. And he said, Why dost thou ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen the angels of the Lord face to face, and my soul is saved. And the sun rose upon him before his time, the sun, which on his account had set before his time, on his going out from Beersheba as he crossed over the Peniel. And he began to journey and was lame upon his thigh. Therefore the sons of Israel eat not the sinew which shrank, which is the hollow of the thigh of the cattle and of the wild animals until this day, because the angel touched and laid hold of the hollow of the right thigh of Jacob in the place of the sinew which shrank. Awesome. Thank you so much for reading, everyone. And sorry that you always got the long paragraph they're finally free <laughs> but you did great and i'm really amazed that the just the stories and the uh i guess you could say personification just how real these stories document each one of the forefathers and just seeing jacob and how you know he worried about things like going to meet his brother it, it really puts it into perspective of like how we live now and it should strengthen us when we see that even those people had some worries but they totally trusted in the lord and in the lord to provide and to take care of all their needs so uh, we did cover quite a bit today in the two chapters in 31 and 32 in bereshit or genesis out of the aramaic and palestinian targum so after we do our reading we always move into where uh, anyone can share an insight that was put on their heart or emphasize any of the verses that really stood out to them. So I would like to go ahead and move into that time where anyone can speak. So I'll go ahead and open up the mic, and if there's anything that you would like to say, please go ahead and share, and afterwards we'll move into a time where we do some questions and answers. I thought it was really neat that the same story in uh, Jasher uh, gives a little bit more insight into how the Lord um, uh, helped helped uh, Jacob. It says right. that when he met Esau, the Lord sent three an angels of the angels of heaven, and they went before Esau and came to him. And these angels appeared unto Esau and his people as 2,000 men riding upon horses furnished with all sorts of war instruments. And they appeared in the sight of Esau and all his men to be divided into four camps with four chiefs to them. And it tells how, you know, each one came 
and and it scared Esau and all his men <laughs> really bad. That was a really good story. Yes. And, yeah, I'm um, glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Now, one more little thing. Um, the angels answered Esau, saying, As the Lord liveth, were not Jacob of whom thou speakest thy brother, we had not let one remaining from thee and thy people, but only on account of Jacob we will do nothing to them. I thought that was really cool. Right. That is really cool. Just to see how the angels interfere with with the lives of man. And, you know, the Bible says that some of us have even uh, interacted with angels and we don't even know it. But definitely at that point, they knew that there were angels on the side of Jacob protecting him, especially when they came and one at a time and with, what was it, 500? It looked like there were an army of 500 and they came to Esau four times as Esau was approaching Jacob. And it wasn't until the last time that Esau's anger finally abated and he he became scared. So he went and talked to Jacob in kindness. Yeah, I do recommend reading Jasher alongside uh, the Targum and the KJV or whichever version you prefer to read that we have in our modern day Bibles. Because they all give quite a fantastic story and when you put it all together it just makes sense. Makes more sense and more clarification and confirmation together. But thank you for sharing, Holly. Uh when it talks about Jacob was greatly afraid because for twenty years he had not been mindful of the glory of his father and he had anxiety i never i never knew that that's that was interesting to me also i kind of uh in regards to the text i i just kind of assumed that when it said that jacob contended with the angel that it was almost like a physical altercation and similarly it talks about jacob contending with laban Uh, like i think it said he took some fire and contended with him so I don't know, is that like, is was that a physical contest or was that just like a, a verbal type situation? Well, the one where it says here in the Targum that it was Michael, it says that he came to him like uh, in the likeness of a man. So it was definitely a, a physical altercation. And definitely when he met with Laban, I think that, <clears throat> I don't think that they were fighting, but I think that he just really wanted justice. and. Even though Rachel had actually stolen the images from his house, he didn't know that, so he was like fiery or fired up. But when it talks about Jacob wasn't mindful of the glory of his father's house, that is a really interesting thought. And to me, if, if when you read the Jasher, the book of Jasher, it talks about how when Jacob left, to go up to Panan Aram, that Esau had hired or had sent his son along with some of his servants to go and kill Jacob. But when they met Jacob, Jacob persuaded them by saying, I'll give you everything that I have, which his father had sent him to Panan Aram with a whole lot of like gold and servants and like uh I guess uh, her, some of his herd. But all of that, Jacob uh, lost. 
but he spared his life. So that's why it even said in here that uh, I traveled with my staff alone. And then now that I've returned, uh, you've increased me. Uh, we read that today. I can't remember exactly where it is. But that was speaking of that story that everything was stolen from him. So that glory of his father, that was like his inheritance for some of the the men servant and the herds and all of what Isaac had, had raised and grown, his riches and treasures. And Esau had all that. So he had increased greatly because he had all, all of those things. So Jacob was, you know, um, I guess nervous because he knew of the great riches that Esau had now. But the Lord was with Jacob and he increased him. Likewise. I listened to a radio show the other day that Zen did when he was talking about uh, the whole creation giving praise to God in the morning uh, with the birds and the frogs and the toads. And I really like in what we just read where um, Michael is saying, like, listen, it's the morning and this is the time where all the angels go to praise God. Um, I saw so that that was an interesting correlation as well. Uh, also, when I think it's Michael saying to Jacob, I, I don't have the power to 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 hurt thee. I don't know exactly what the wording was. I'm trying to find it. But I thought that was interesting, too. So he kind of grabs Jacob and Jacob's like, all right, let me go. You know, that's that's pretty good. Definitely. I like seeing the interaction there. Uh, it, uh, I'm trying to find it as well. Where it said they he couldn't prevail against him. It was interesting. It's on page seventy-six. Sorry, on page seventy-six, Justin. Third paragraph down and onwards. I'm actually reading it in the chat right now. I don't have the book in front of me. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I appreciate it. You can read it for us if you would like to, if you have it. And Michael answered and said, Lord of the world is thy lot. And on account of these things, he, Michael, remained from God at the torrent till the column of the morning was ascending. And he saw that he had not power to hurt him. And he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was distorted in his contending with him. And he said, let me go, for the column of the morning ascendeth. And the hour cometh when the angels on high offer praise to the Lord of the world. And I am one of the angels of praise, but from the day that the world, oh, sorry, and I am one of the angels of praise, but from the day that the world was created, my time to praise hath not come till now. And he said, I will not let thee go until you bless me. Uh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was displaced and contending with him. And he said, send me away, for the column of the dawn ariseth, and behold, the hour cometh for the angels to praise. And he said, I will not release thee until you bless me. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely is interesting how angels and humans 
and how it definitely seems like uh, Jacob was called and had some kind of divine protection. I'm not sure why Michael would want to, you know, have power to hurt Jacob, but it seemed like there was a command. Maybe he was just making it vocal that there was a command that nobody could hurt Jacob, not even Satan if he wanted to, because that would be transgressing some kind of divine protection that was over over him. I like what you said finally for you about the birds uh, chirping and the frogs croaking. And it is really a beautiful time where we live. We have a window that opens up to a forest basically. And we're like right next to squirrel's nest and cardinals. And everyone is just singing as the, literally just the, the column of the morning is rising. You can see the rays of light coming through the trees and you're going from kind of like parallel to the ground to a more angled to like 45 degrees and then the light finally comes up. It's a beautiful time and definitely an important time for us to pray and to praise. Justin, can you remember, or can anybody there remember, and it's probably in the book of Jasher, why did Michael contend with him? I thought it was because he was fearful to go and meet Esau, but and maybe that's why the angel Michael sort of gave him a bit of a shake-up, as if to say, come on. I don't know. Can anybody remember? It says uh, that he didn't tie the tent, and his, uh, mm. apparently his firstborn was oh. a part of that. He didn't tithe, you know, of his firstborn children. Right. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. It's an inter- yeah, and it's an interesting time that Michael chose to do it. Why didn't he do it years earlier? Right. Why Good right question. before he's meeting Easter <laughs> when he's already freaked out? <laughs> yeah. It's just not good. That is a good question. Um, maybe we'll save it and present it to the audience and we can discuss it again. But it is really interesting that the the tenth, the lot, uh, fell on Levi, who we know was the priesthood. Jen says, do I need to tithe my children? How does one tithe? That is a really interesting question. <laughs> uh, apparently it means to preserve them for priesthood, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll find out in the next chapters that Levi was sent to the temple or something to go to uh, Shem and Eber's school that was on the temple. That is an interesting thought. You do have 10 children, Jen. Maybe you could tie the tenth one. When we read these uh, out out of, especially uh, the manuscripts that aren't in the canon one oh, and, and and the ones in the canon too. Of course, one of the things that I always try to do and I find uh, so helpful is to see how I can um, use this in my everyday day-to-day life. Because as we all know, it can become 
it can become kind of burdensome, burdensome if, if we let it and, you know, just waking up in the morning and having to, you know, do the things that we have to do in this life to, uh, make, make, uh, money to, to live. Um, but thinking and seeing how these angels are interacting and, and how intricate life really is and and how things are set up as far as, you know, angels having a time to praise in the morning and the creation praising God in the morning, it, it makes life exciting where, where it's not something that I have to do. It's something that I get to do. And it's almost like, well, what's God going to do today? Like, I'm excited to get out there in the world and, and I want to see what God has for me today. That's kind of what I take from this text, which is kind of weird because it doesn't have anything to do with that really. But and that's what the Holy Spirit right now is putting on my heart. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely be excited for every day. His mercies are made new. Every day is a gift for sure. Thank you for sharing that. It is interesting. I wonder if it's only the morning time in Israel that is uh, that's when the angels praise. Or maybe there's like an angel over different areas or different time zones. <laughs> like Viking Mop asked, I wonder, or said, I wonder what time zone the angels that is an interesting thought. Jeff Mass says, what knowledge exactly did Jacob steal from Laban? Uh, the knowledge that they're speaking of is just that Jacob got up and left uh, with his daughters or with Laban's daughters without saying anything. He didn't say bye or give him foreknowledge. So he took away that the knowledge that they would be able to leave. I guess it's an older saying that kind of loses its literary uh, literary translation. Viking Mop says Israel makes sense for the angel time. I agree. Yeah, right over Jerusalem would make sense. I thought another thing was interesting. We spoke of it a little bit last week, but it gave some details about how they. Alaban had killed a man and uh, cut off his head and salted it with salt and wrote incantations on a plate of gold and put it under his tongue and set it up on the wall and it spoke with them. That was really weird and creepy. And then to think that Rachel stole that, that was a very interesting thought. I was thinking about that and I think Maybe the reason she stole it is because I can't remember if I read it in the Targum or if it was in Jasher or Julie's, um, but it said that the a demon would enter <laughs> and speak, you know, to them and tell them things. So she was probably um, not wanting her father to be able to talk to that that image, that head, and tell tell her dad where they went. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe that was uh, one of the ways that he could have like divined some of the things that were going on. But either way, it didn't work out, I guess, because he found them. <laughs> I think it's in the Apocalypse of Peter 
where there is dialogue between um, every individual's guardian angel. And when we pass on from this flesh uh, and we are before the Most High, uh, our guardian angel kind of gives an account. And uh, it talks about us kind of uh, like our guardian angels being uh, burdened by our action and our inaction here in the flesh. And as I kind of understand it, you know, we only see in a certain frequency uh, therefore, we can't see the spiritual. We can't see our, our angels and the angels around us. And it just kind of made me laugh. Maybe Michael could see, you know, what what Jacob was doing. And that could be the reason why he wanted to contend with him, because it's like, man, can't you you can't see the bigger picture here. Come on, get it together. Right. Quite possibly. I think we all struggle with that every now and then again. It's interesting to see the angels as as beings with their own thoughts when most of us just think of them as servants that aren't really beings of their own. That's very true. It is interesting to see. Yeah, I guess it will be interesting to see when we meet them that they're individuals. And to know how many there are, like each star represents one angel or is an angel, according to Enoch. I think even in Job it says, in all the stars they sing to the Lord. And he calls them all by name. So uh, we did kind of naturally transition into the time of questions and answers. Uh, just for that one question again, what knowledge exactly did Jacob steal from Laban? I just wanted to read from the fourth paragraph. It said, uh, And Jacob stole the knowledge of Laban the Aramite. He did not show him when he went. So uh, I don't think that the knowledge was talking about the idol because it says that Jacob stole the knowledge of Laban when he didn't show him when he left. So we know that it was Rachel that stole the idols. Uh, but if there are any more questions, please let us know. We're moving towards 8 o'clock. It is 7.56 already. And today's reading was pretty straightforward. Pretty long, pretty straightforward. It was uh, more of like a story and didn't hold too much doctrine, but I think that we touched on all the doctrine and everything that we could take away I think we're taking away and I'm glad that we got to talk about the book of Jasher as well and how it all ties together verifies each other. Uh, Justin I have a question and it, it doesn't exactly because uh, we're moving into when we close in prayer and it just kind of made me think uh, but it doesn't have a whole lot to do with this text but it's a very general question when when we pray, so if we're praying like, you know, Father, thank you for life, um, you know, Christ, thank you for coming uh, and making yourself flesh and uh, suffering for our sins. Can, do you, can you pray to each individual of the Godhead, like thank the Holy Spirit, thank, you know, Yeshua, thank the Most High? How, can you just like kind of speak on that a little bit and share your views on that before we end? Yeah, of course. 
I believe that they are one entirely. But if you want a, a picture of it, as far as a human mind can understand, in Revelation it talks about how the prayers of the saints are offered before the throne in heaven it, with, in the golden censer along with uh, incense. So these prayers are all offered up together in front of the throne. And if you read uh, Ezekiel 1 and Revelation, uh, the first few chapters, it talks about this throne and the vision is that the Father sits on the throne and he gives a description of, of just what he looks like. And then it also talks about how next to him is one that looks like a lamb. And we know that is the Son of Man who is uh, Christ, you know, his flesh incarnation. So we see that they, they are together on the throne. So they they will both hear. And then the Spirit, you know, is all-knowing just like they are. It's the same entity, but it goes throughout all the earth at all times. So, of course, they can all hear you. They know every thought. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Thank you. And that's, you know, I was I was raised in uh, pretty Missouri Synod Lutheran uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. And I, I'm fairly certain that they taught us that it was only the father that heard our prayers. And, and from what I read, I can't reconcile that with really anything that I read. So I, I'm in agreement with you. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm definitely a believer that when the Messiah said, my father and I are one, that he really meant that they're, they're one entirely. He did come in the role of the son, but he is the father in the flesh. He is the creator of all. The Messiah is the creator of all, the firstborn of all creation as well. That Holy Spirit is entirely within that flesh man who died on the cross for our sins. Well, thank you for your question. That is interesting that they teach you that only the Father can hear your mm. prayers. Justin, um, years ago I did a lot of hot air ballooning. And, really? Um, yeah, and the interesting thing is um, when you're high up in a hot air balloon, you can hear everything on the ground. Really? Like you're there, yeah, it's it's amazing, yeah. If there's somebody out in a field and they're doing something, you can hear them really, 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 really clear. And similarly, when you're up in the hot air balloon, they can hear you on the ground. They can hear you chatting quite clearly. And it wasn't until I became a Christian, in fact, it's just been recently, actually, when we're back in Australia, that I was reminded of this. And I was thinking that, you know, the, the prayers of the saints ascend. And when the high priest will burn incense and burn frankincense and the like, it seems up to God. And, yeah, it's just interesting because you sort of think, well, you know, it's miles and miles and miles away, but um, with what we've come to learn about the true nature of the earth, I do wonder, you know, I know physical and spiritual are entwined, but I don't know, I think it's all a bit closer than what we really do think and realise. Um, and that's what we can hear with our physical ear. Well, what can God hear in the angels and gathering up the prayers? Um, right. 
Yeah, it's just an analogy there. Um, yeah, the, the voices that we speak, the vibrations. Yeah. They, it's said that they never dissipate. Wow. So when you speak in a certain direction, it, it will just continue to go on. That's mm. beautiful. Thank you for sharing. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. No worries. It's really cool. Yeah, that, it really that, is really very clear. We used to have this lady, <laughs> that the hottie ballooning man knew, and she was lived in a farmhouse, and he used to sneak up on her in the mornings in the hot air balloon, <laughs> which was getting changed. But they'd have these conversations, and we can be really high up, or we could be very low. But it, yeah, the sound was very much similar. Um, the volume, yeah, it's just amazing, and it just reminds me. You know, he hears everything. Yeah. Did you ask if anybody else heard it the same way? <laughs> Maybe you just had a, a gift. No, 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 because there'd be other people that would take up, and he would often. Really? Um, play a prank on this lady, yeah, at about 6.30 when she was getting dressed. Because <laughs> <laughs> she never closed her blinds. <laughs> she was a hard case lady. It's all fine. But, um, yeah, but, yeah, you could hear. And she could hear us. We weren't allowed to say anything until we came uh, down. He wouldn't put the burner on. Uh, uh, and then when she'd come out and that would go up, you know, you could hear. And you could hear other animals and cars really clearly when wow. you're way, way up. Mm. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah that's, it's interesting to think of when you're coming from the top, there's not really any any other voices or any other sound waves to really interact or to disturb your that sound wave from going all the way out. Yeah. I think sound travels directly up yeah. more than it travels out. So I do. That is cool. The Viking yeah. mob said the structure of the firmament would be a lot like a parabolic ear. It's interesting. I don't know what a parabolic ear is, but I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And then right on the top is the all-seeing, the all-hearing one, the all-knowing. Yeah. And so Pretty it cool, eh? <laughs> What's that, Kyle? I said it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, that is. Once, yeah. I, once I sort of studied about the, the true nature of the earth, you know, it wasn't until it actually was this trip back to Australia that I remembered about it and it sort of married together and I thought, wow, you know, everything goes straight up. Yeah. Right up to the centre of the firmament and uh, the smell of the incense of, in the temple and the offerings, you know, the, that was his portion, the sweetness. Right. Well, that's a smell. Maybe scents go up as well. I don't know. Right. The smoke goes up. Yeah. Just interesting. That was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. I wanted to share one little thing. Um, you were talking about the Father and the Son being one. And this mm -hmm. is uh, in John chapter 17, uh, verse 22 and 23. And the glory mm -hmm. which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Now, they have different functions, and, you know, they're different persons, but they are right. one. And, and right. 
it's so awesome that he wants us to be one with him. You know, what a, what a privilege and an honor. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing. um, The verses I like to read from are from Isaiah and specifically just one like uh, 43 verse 11. It says, I, even I am Yahweh and besides me, there is no savior. We know that the Messiah is our savior and the angels and all the people in Bethlehem rejoiced for the Savior of the world was born. I'm so thankful that Yahweh himself came into the earth. And yes, they are one. Just like we're meant to be one with them. What an amazing, amazing thought and amazing gift that we have forgiveness for our past and atoning blood for all of the wickedness that and the dirt that piled up on us as we treaded through the mud to get to the rock that he is that we can now stand on and praise on and rejoice together on uh, what a blessing it is to build up a home upon the rock and uh, I just look forward to his coming I know that there are some really terrible times ahead and some very terrible times that are taking place on the earth right now as we speak. You know, people are being persecuted for their faith in the utmost and even to death. And it's really uh, something that we should always keep in our prayers. And we should always remember how blessed we are that we were called to live in this place with this accessibility to praise together and to study together. So I'm thankful for each of you and all of you who have chosen to seek together with me and with one another through the scriptures and to bring praise to the Most High. Uh, I'm really thankful for you all. It it is 8.07. Uh, I want to see if anybody else has any more questions regarding the scripture. And if not, we'll go ahead and uh, pray together and part ways until next week, God willing. So it seems like there are no more questions regarding scripture. We did have a great study and covered a lot, shared a lot of insight. And honestly, I'm so thankful. Finally, Free and Holly and Kylie and everyone, thank you so much for sharing your insights and for working together. We're like a real family, and I'm so thankful to be part of this family with you all. Uh, Would anyone like to close us in prayer that hasn't uh, prayed for us yet? If not, I will pray for us. Just a quick prayer, and then we'll we'll part ways. Father Yahweh, we humble ourselves before you and drop uh, our thoughts and our voice, this voice, to you. And we pray that these sound waves and that these thoughts would marinate before you, Father, with the incense and be a pleasant offering into your ears, Father. We take this time and this moment and this life that you've given us and we just specifically 
dedicate entirely this moment to you, to praising you, and to just saying that we acknowledge how wonderful you are, how amazing you are, how powerful you are. You are the creator of all, and you're the savior of all, and you're the lover. So thankful, Father, for your love and for your goodness that you are a good God, and above all, that you want righteousness and want truth to be established. And we thank you so much for all of the efforts that you put forth every day in sustaining our lives and in caring for us and in preserving that testimony that we could study to this day. So many different witnesses of this truth, Father. Thank you so, so much. Please continue to be with us as we carry out missionary work and uh, work that we don't even know is for you. Let us always be confirmed in our thoughts that everything we do is for you and that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose, Father. So we just answer that call and ask that you would strengthen us with your spirit, Father, and give us wisdom from your spirit and give us fear of you, Father, so that we can stay strong and stay convicted and be strengthened as we walk through this terrible world that has been really over overridden by evil and chaos and greed we ask that you would be with us and in our walk and have mercy on us as we fall down if we fall down father please strengthen us to stand back up and to know that all of our testimonies or to touch somebody out there, and that everything that we've done and everything that we've been through is meant to be able to reach other people and to share with other people the same convictions that you've placed on our heart, that you are the way and the truth and the life, and that you have died for our sins and our place, the death that we all deserve, and that you rose again on the third day, and that you give us that promise that on the last day that you will raise us up. Please, Father, strengthen us and give us boldness in our speech and clarity in our thoughts to be able to share that message effectively with all those who are around us, who you would have us to talk to. And we know that you have said that there are those out there that when we are around that you will make our tongue stick to the roof of our mouth and we won't be able to speak to you, but we pray that you will loosen our tongue, Father, for all those who have even a glimmer of desire to know about you and about your truth and about your love for the world. Please use us to sow seeds and to touch lives and to bring more people to knowledge of you. We love you and thank you for the homes that we have and this ability to communicate. And we most especially thank you for the ladder on which this prayer rides to your throne. And we praise you, Father. Just praise you and praise you and praise you. Hallelujah. We just praise you, Father Yahweh. Praise you in Yahusha's name. Amen. 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 Much love to you all. Thank you again for joining us. And we will see you next week. Thank Thank you. Thanks, Justin. Bye. Have a good Shalom. week, everyone. You too. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.